Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as the host of a non-smoking podcast, so please put that joint away until we're done. In my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair, finally, is Elon Musk. That was my Oprah voice. The CEO of Tesla, SpaceX, and The Boring Company. He invited me to his office in Palo Alto for an in-depth discussion about all of his business and more. I've interviewed Elon twice before, and I've known him for decades, if you can believe it. Elon, welcome to Recode Decode. Okay, it is Halloween night, and I have gotten my treat, which I've been asking for a while. I'm here with Elon Musk at the headquarters of Tesla. Is that right? The right pronounce? Is it Tesla? Tesla? T- Tesla, yeah. Whatever. But, okay. By the way, you, I think your costume is great. Th- thank you. <laughs> I'm dressed as a lesbian from Castro <laughs> in San Francisco. That's what I look like. Um, I'm here with delicious coffee. We are going to have a long discussion about all kinds of things. Um, Elon's been very nice to do this in the evening here. And we've been chatting about all kinds of things. But we're going to get into it really quickly. We're going to talk about Tesla. We're going to talk about SpaceX. We're going to talk about this year. We're going to talk about the boring company. And anything else uh, Elon wants to talk about, because people like to hear you talk. So, Let's start from the beginning about this year. Okay. You've given some very interesting interviews. You've gotten on Twitter, made some mistakes. What's Twitter? What, what's Twitter? Okay, let's, talk, let's start with Twitter. <laughs> what is, what is, I have an obsession with Twitter, too, and an addiction. How do you look at that with you? What is going on? <laughs> what's going on? What uh, happens? I mean, aside from, from what happens with you and Twitter? Well, I... I tweet interesting things pretty much as they come to me and, uh, you know, probably with not much of a filter. Mm-hmm. And yeah. why? I find it entertaining. Okay. And I think like, oh, other people might find this entertaining. Sometimes they do. Right. And sometimes. Yeah. It's pretty random. Mm-hmm. Just at night when you're at home, you're doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mostly, mostly. Mostly. Mostly at home. Yeah. 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 It's mostly. Um, I think people, I, I spend a lot less time on Twitter than people probably think. It's like maybe... 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes or something. Yeah, when people pay attention, Elon, when you do that. Yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting what my, like, most, what people are most interested in. I mean, I liked, like, some little tweet about, I love anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was it. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, lowercase i, black heart anime. And mm-hmm. it was, like, and people loved that. Mm-hmm. That was, like, one of the most, my most popular tweets. All right. What about the things they didn't love? Are you under strict orders not to do that? Is that correct? Will you, will you be? Will you have to change your Twitter behavior? Mm, not really. Not really. Under the recent settlement, you aren't. You don't have to be careful about what you tweet. If it's anime, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just business. You can't. No, I think it's mostly just uh, if there's something that might cause a substantial movement in the stock during trading hours. Mm-hmm. That's about it. That's about it. So you yeah. can't do that without somebody getting mad. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a lot of people getting <laughs> mad. So, <laughs> so would you consider it, I'm going to get off of it in a second, but do you consider it a communications medium? How do you look at it? I mean, a lot of us use it that way. I use it that way. Obviously, Donald Trump uses it that way. How do you look at it? I look at it as a way to learn things, stay sort of like kind of stay in touch with what's happening 
it, like, it feels like dipping into the flow of consciousness of society. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. And then <laughs> it's like kind of weird. Like I guess I sometimes use Twitter to express myself, and, and that's a weird thing to do, I suppose. Not so much. I mean, it isn't. I think some sometimes it's very funny. Other times it's not yeah. so funny. Like some people the, use their hair to express themselves. <laughs> okay. I use Twitter. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but when you do it in an... I'm not, I'm not going to get to the SEC because I, I understand you can't talk about that very much. Nothing to do with that. Although you did tweak them in one of your tweets. But at some point, that will stop. Did I, what, what did I say? I, you, t- you made some remark. Elon, there's so many tweets that you do that are so obnoxious. It's, not, it's hard to know. There's, that was an obnoxious tweet. It was? Yes, it was. Oh. Don't do that. No, I just, I just, I forgot I which forgot, one it was. I forgot which one it was. Can you remind me? No, it's like you, you had some name. <laughs> Look at your cackling on Halloween. All right, um, but the one, the ones that I think I do want to ask about is the press. You pick up, you pick fights with the press over Twitter, and then you have all your fans, of which there are many. Are you aware of what they do once you start them off? Well, I think, um, I, I mean, I have to say my. My regard for the press has dropped quite dramatically. All right, explain that, please. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, uh, the, the amount of untruthful stuff that is written is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, take that like Wall Street Journal front page article about like the FBI is closing in. That is utterly false. Mm-hmm. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. To print such a falsehood on the front page of a major newspaper is outrageous. Mm-hmm. Like, are, why are they even journalists? Well, why, do you understand? They're terrible. Do you understand the mood terrible in this people. country? I get that. But do you understand the mood in this country around the press and the dangers of, of attacking, especially when the president is doing that in quite an aggressive enemy of the state and everything else? It, it's disturbing when someone like you as a leader does that too, or goes along with it. The answer is for the press to be honest and truthful. Okay. And research their articles and, and correct things properly when they are false. All right which they don't do. Okay. But I'm asking if you understand where Yes, of course I do. And what do you think of that? Are you worried about unleashing a dangerous cycle that is that a lot of the press are worried about? I suggest the press take it to heart and do better. What about what Donald Trump does about enemy of the people? Do you look at it that way? No. How do you, just that you don't like falsehoods? Yeah, there are good journalists and there are bad ones. And unfortunately, the feedback loop for good versus bad is is, is inverted. Mm -hmm. So the more salacious that an article is, the more salacious a headline is, the more clicks it's going to get. And and then if somebody is not a journalist, they are an ad salesman. Okay. Not a journalist, an ad salesman. All right. What about things that are just critical of you that you don't like? Do you think you're particularly sensitive? No. Of course not. All right. It, it, count how many negative articles there are and how many I respond to. Mm-hmm. 1% maybe. Right. But, but the, the, the common rebuttal mm-hmm. of journalists is, oh, my article's fine. He's just thin-skinned. Right. No, your article is false and you don't want to admit it. Right. Do you take criticism to heart correctly? Yes. Such as, give me an example of something. If how you do you think can... rockets get to orbit? <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah, not easily. Yeah. Physics is very demanding. Mm-hmm. If you get it wrong, the rocket will blow up. Right. Cars are very demanding. If you get it wrong, the car won't work. Right. Truth in engineering and science is extremely important. Right. And therefore? <laughs> I have a strong interest in the truth. All right. And you are... Much more than journalists do. But, are you, but what I'm trying to get to is you want to acknowledge when you do this, it does set off... Like, people beyond you that listen to you, that you have a fan base that's quite rabid, 
I would say. No, I wouldn't say that. No? I think they're great. Okay. All of them? No, not all. I mean, not all of them. Right. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this year. What has gone on this year with you? It's been a, it's a very roller coaster year. How would you explain it? You did a very emotional interview in the New York Times. And I promise we'll get to tests on all the other things we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. But what has happened to you this year? Do you, how would you put it? Yeah, I mean, it's been a very difficult year. Why is that? Uh, we had the, the Model 3 production ramp, which was excruciatingly difficult. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly difficult to survive as a car company. Incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. People have no idea how much pain people at Tesla went through, including myself. It was excruciating. And? Excruciating. Talk about that toll. I, 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 like, pretty sure I burnt out a bunch of neurons uh, during this process. Running both SpaceX and Tesla is incredibly difficult. I mean, you realize like we're, we're, we're fighting the incredibly competitive car companies. Mm-hmm. They make very good cars. They've been doing this for a long time. They are entrenched. Right. Okay, Mercedes, Audi, BMW, right. Lexus, uh, you name it, all, all those car brands. The history of car companies in America is terrible. The only ones that haven't gone bankrupt are Tesla and Ford. Mm-hmm. That's it. Jim, right. Everyone else has gone bankrupt. So the pressure of doing this. Yes. So why is it that you do this it's, then? It's trivial to start a car company. It Absolutely. Is, it, is, it is insanely difficult to make it uh, successful. Mm-hmm. So you put too much pressure on yourself this year or it just is what you're doing? Yeah, it sounds like you're not hearing me. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I understand it's incredibly difficult. What I'm saying is why did you do it this way this year? You're, you're definitely not understanding me. All right, try again. Making a car company successful is monumentally difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been many attempts to create a, start, a, a car company, and right. they have all failed. Right. Even the ones that have had a strong base of customers, thousands of dealers, thousands of service centers, they've already spent the capital for the factories, uh, like GM and Ford, or GM and GM Chrysler, still went bankrupt in the last recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ford... And Tesla made it barely right. the last recession. There's a good chance Ford doesn't make it in the next recession. So as a startup car company, it is far more difficult to be successful than if you're an established, entrenched brand. Mm-hmm. It is absurd that Tesla is alive. Absurd. Mm-hmm. Absurd. So what do you owe that? What do you accredit that to? Excruciating effort. Mm-hmm. By you. 100-hour weeks. Right. By everyone. By everyone here at Tesla. Yes. What... Is there, there wasn't any? some other way to do this. Yes, that's what I'm saying. There wasn't, there wasn't. some other way to do this, car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While you're also running a space company and yes. other ones. So what I want to get at is why you're doing that. I, it's not a trip. Why, why do you think you want to push yourself that hard? Well, the other option would have been Tesla dies. Right. Yeah. Tesla cannot die. Mm-hmm. Tesla is incredibly important for the future of sustainable transport mm-hmm. so, and, and energy generation. So the, the fundamental purpose, the fundamental good that Tesla provides is accelerating the advent of sustainable transport and energy production. Which I think most people credit you for doing, pushing everyone else into it at the same time, correct? Yes. The, the success of Tesla is by far the biggest forcing function for the other car makers to get into, 100%. Yeah, into, into electric car. They've said so. Right. Yeah. No, there's no question. I was just having a discussion with this someone the other day, and I said, he has pushed everybody into this really dramatically. There wouldn't have been this much investment. There wouldn't have been this. So Yes, it, 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 it's very important for the future of the world. It's very important for all life on Earth. 
this this supersedes political parties, race, creed, religion doesn't matter. If we do not solve the environment, we are all all damned. Mm-hmm. And via car, via, in this way, via sustainable transportation. Yes. Okay. So I, I mean, it, it sort of blows my mind that like you have like all these like social justice warriors driving around in diesel cars. Mm-hmm. It's like outrageous. Do you have an electric car? I do not. I have a Ford shame Fiesta. On you. I'm trying to get rid of my car. Okay. Actually. I'm trying to actually. Get <laughs> sure, I'm going to shame you into buying an electric car. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. Car to. shame you. No, I don't drive my car very much. It's okay. in the garage. I try not to drive my car at all. It's driving something. Yes, that's true. Because you're down here in Palo Alto. But uh, I would like to have public transportation. Is what I would actually like better. I would. I mostly take to public transportation. Who cares about me? I, <laughs> I walk a lot. Um, I walk a lot of the time. You're doing this to yourself because you think the. The world, dep- that, 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 that the not the fate of the world. I mean, like you're not a like a cartoon character. Yeah, no, I just think the electrification, like your electrification of transport, and and there's also an important part of Tesla, which is uh, solar and stationary batteries, right? Uh, because you need to generate electricity in a standard, sustainable way with solar, mm-hmm. and then store it at night when the sun goes down with batteries, um, and then use that that energy from the sun to power cars. Mm-hmm. Without Tesla. This would still happen. There mm-hmm. would still be a transition to sustainable energy, but it would take much longer. Perhaps, you know, on the order history will judge this, obviously. But I would say on the order of of ten years, maybe twenty years. They're pushing it forward by that much. Yes, right. Yeah, I think I think it's it's probably fair to say that Tesla has advanced sustainable energy by at least five years conservatively, and and probably maybe closer to ten. Mm-hmm. And, and then if we continue to make progress, we might advance it by 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be all the difference in the world. So what is the toll on you? What has been the toll on you and your employees? How do you think about that? Yeah, it's been terrible. It's, it's like, I think th- this year t- took a lot. Of, th- this year felt like five years of aging, frankly. Mm-hmm. The w- worst year of my entire career. Mm-hmm. In, uh, insanely painful. And was there any other way to do it? You didn't think there was any other way to have it happen? Why this no. year? Just curious. Why this year of all the others? Because you've been at this for many years. For this past year, it's been because of the Model Three production ramp. Right. So, myself and others at, at Tesla, we had to go in and fix the mistakes in the uh, Model Three production system, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of them. Right. Uh, so, I personally solved a bunch. Jerome solved a bunch. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone helped the entire the entire team. You know, JB Franz, Deepak, everyone was 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 you know it, like even like the, the literally like the, we had the legal team delivering cars at the end mm-hmm. of Q three. Mm-hmm. You know, so t- t- Todd was great. You know, it's like there was like a, a lot of people. Everyone had to basically go hardcore to solve the ramp. To solve this ramp problem. Yeah, what? it's like it's it's like, it's like the, the amount of money that 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 you lose if you don't solve the ramp is is mind boggling mm-hmm. because you actually get you get hit from both sides. So. Like let's say you're selling software or something, you don't. That would be easier, Elon. <laughs> it would be much. It would be a lot easier. Yeah. But but it's software. You don't have a um, a bunch of parts. Mm-hmm. You don't have a supply chain. Um, so if you don't sell software, you lose the revenue. But you don't necessarily. You don't incur, incur a massive amount of cost associated right. with producing the software because you just make copies pretty easily. But for for a, for any large complex manufactured item, you have an entire supply chain, and that supply chain has about on the order of six months of inertia. So you place the order for for parts for the car from, we have, um, including 
all the way, if you go all the way to like tier three or four suppliers, we have on the order of 10,000 suppliers. It's a crazy number. So uh, we have to place the orders for how many cars we think we're going to build, call it roughly six months in advance of when the, uh, of, 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 of six months before final assembly, because if you go all the way down the supply chain. So then if you don't actually make those cars, you still have all the costs. Right. Like the, it, It's like a super tank, like a, a flotilla of super tankers. The inertia of that is, is incredible. Mm-hmm. So if anything happens to stall out the production progress, and that could be any one of those 10,000 suppliers um, or you know, on the order of like 10,000 internal processes, if any of those is slow or wrong or whatever, you can't make cars. Right. You only need one missing thing. And, and what, like whatever the slowest, uh, least lucky part of the production process is, that sets your rate. Right. Um, so do you feel, I want to get into Tesla specifically and about the recent results, which I think people were surprised by, you surprised Wall Street and some of your competitors. But when you're thinking about doing this incredibly complex thing, do you regret some of the things you've done to slow it down itself? Some of your, like all the things, or was that unavoidable from your perspective? You know, some of your tweets, you, you just like, you, you attract attention. I mean, you really truly do. And some of it is self-inflicted. Do, yeah, I mean, do you not see it that way? No, I mean, there's no question there's like self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, my brother said like, look, if you, uh, if, you, if you do a self-inflicted wound, can you at least not twist the knife afterwards? <laughs> uh, you know, like you, you stabbed yourself in the leg, like you don't yeah. really need to twist it in your leg. Right, you know? right. So like, why do you wh- do, why that? do that? Why do you do that? <laughs> it's not intentional. No, well, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's sometimes you're under a lot of pressure and... Uh, your brother's you're not, wise. Not, you're not getting much sleep. You're under massive pressure. And um, you make mistakes. Right. All right. So is that over? Do you feel like that's over? Do you feel it's, calmer? It's totally over. It's I totally... will never make another mistake again. <laughs> no, I'm teasing you. But how do you feel? I mean, you look well. You look. You don't look under a lot of pressure. You seem rested. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the things are back to like, you know, a, a hard work schedule, but not an insane work schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are times when... I mean, some weeks, I, I, I don't know, I'm count, counting exactly, but I, I would just sort of sleep for a few hours, work, sleep for a few hours, work, seven days a week. And mm-hmm. I was like, some of those days must have been like 120 hours or something nutty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you're you're going to go a little bonkers if you work 120 hours a week. Right. And, um, you know, now we're down to you know, 80 or 90. It's pretty manageable. Okay. And you had talked to the New York Times about using Ambien and stuff like that. That's That was to regulate your sleep, correct? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's not like for no. fun or something. No, no, not at all. But <laughs> so your work, your work. No, it's just like if you're super stressed. Right, exactly. You can't go to sleep. Right. Then you, uh, you either have like choice of like, okay, I'll have zero sleep and then my brain will work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to take some kind of sleep medication to fall asleep. So now you're to 80 hours. So it's like totally manageable in that regard. Yeah, 80 to 90. You're just like a regular lawyer in that regard. That's what, what is that? I think I'm about 80. I think I'm probably better. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. 80 is pretty sustainable. Sustainable for um, you. Yeah, like the, the, the pain level for hours increases exponentially. It's like nonlinear above 80. We're going to take a quick break now. We'll be back in a minute with Elon Musk, the CEO of SpaceX, Tesla, and The Boring Company. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. 
You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So let's talk about Tesla in specific. You return in a great quarter. These cars are moving off. How do you look at where you're going with the Model 3 and, and others? And then I want to get into some of your uh, some of the new features, the navigation features uh, on autopilot and, and things like that. How do you look at Tesla right now? And I, I want to first talk about the product and then talk about the company itself and what you need to move forward. Yeah, I think, I think you know, Tesla, we're... Going pretty well right now. Yeah, you know, we're Tesla's like not staring death in the face. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're we're in I think a, a pretty pretty good position. We don't be complacent, mm-hmm. but it's not like uh, you know we're not like you know up until around, around September. You know we were really faced with like we must solve this or we're going to die constantly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, like I, I feel like we're no longer in the. Uh, staring death in the face situation. Okay, um, which is death over in the sitting in a seat nearby. Or? Well, you never want to get complacent. Um, mm-hmm. So we still need to work hard, but we, but it's you know I think we're we're over the hump. We're, mm-hmm. we're certainly over the hump on Model Three production. Like mm-hmm. for us, making five thousand cars in a week for, of Model Three is not not a big deal. Right, like it's that's like just normal. You know, now we're working on um, raising to six thousand and then seven thousand Model Threes a week, while still. Uh, keeping costs under control, like mm-hmm. so, like the, you know, we, we could we could probably do six thousand or more, or maybe six thousand five hundred cars of Model Threes a week right right now. Mm-hmm. But we would, but we'd have to stress people out and do tons of overtime. And what about innovations to these models? And we're going to talk about other products coming mm-hmm. in, as, but you put in a number of innovations in all the current models. I mean, our cars are constantly being updated with new technology, mm-hmm. so we, we don't really have. Uh, a model year like other car companies. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as we come up with with some improvement, we just roll it into production. Well, talk about the new navigation feature. Uh, drive on navigation, right? Yeah, that's uh, 
I think one of the, the first major steps towards full self-driving. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you can enter in an address, and from highway on ramp to highway off ramp, uh, the car will change lanes. It will go from one highway to the next automatically, and talk, take the off ramp automatically. It's pretty wild, and yep. it'll, it'll overtake a slow car. So it's basically integrating navigation uh, with um, the autopilot capability. Uh, that's why we call it. Um, you know, nav- navigate an autopilot or drive right. and have. Right. Um, so, what are the challenges then you face with these technologies now, from your perspective? Well, the, the main challenge has been improving the neural net uh, so that we can uh, recognize all types of objects from all eight cameras. There are eight eight cameras, mm-hmm. uh, three forward, um, and then t- two on each side and one rear. Um, and uh, we've got so we're running essentially eight neural nets mm-hmm. um, of varying uh, complexity. Then we've got to integrate the output of the neural nets into uh, path planning, and um, and then hook in the navigation to say, okay, where where do you need to go? Um, and the, the the big challenge has been solving a wide range of corner cases. Um, mm-hmm. So if you if you have like things a, that just happen, that... yeah, the roads are pretty messy. Mm-hmm. So so you could have like say skid marks on the road that look like a line. You could um, sometimes tar seams look like a line. Uh, sometimes the the lines were just painted wrong mm-hmm. uh, for, for some reason. You know, one of our biggest challenges actually with um, driving navigation was dealing with forks and gores, um, where the lane is splitting. Um, you need to be confident that you're going either left or right, not right. down the center. Right. Um, and then the car will come to a halt at the first intersection. Now we're integrating stop signs, um, traffic lights, being able to do. Um, say, hard right turns or hairpin bends and that kind of thing. What about regulations, the regulatory environment right now? Because that's going to be part of it, or else building out infrastructure that will have sensors in roads or things like that. How do you look at that? Or are you just not even thinking about it? Yeah, we're not really thinking about it. We're assuming that there will be... You're not assuming. No, the the, the car needs to to drive better than a human driver Mm -hmm. uh, using the same uh, inputs as a human driver, which is, you know, eyes are basically just cameras. Mm -hmm. Um, So... And, you know, all, all creatures on Earth uh, navigate with with, right. with cameras. Right. Like you know, so like, like an eagle can, you know, find if like a fish eagle can like see a fish from far away and take into account the refractive index of the water, dive down and get the fish from far away. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's no question that image recognition, neural nets, and um, cameras. You you can fully be super. You can be superhuman in driving with mm-hmm. just cameras. With just cameras. Okay. Mm-hmm. So not you're not you don't need anything else from the government or from infrastructure or anything. I mean, I recently was no. talking to the Mercedes people. They're talking about sensors in the roads and yeah, it's hopeless. So, yeah. Yeah. Because. I mean, the, you know, anything the the, the problem like that that would at best be a specialized solution in wherever put you know whatever city put stuff in the roads like you can always make something work for a specific solution right uh, you know like if some special case solution in some some town you can make that easy but what you really want is a general solution for self-driving that works worldwide that and works worldwide yeah. and so how do you look at the regulatory the regulatory environment because that's another thing you'll have to be de- you have to be dealing with here in the US and China where wherever else yeah, I think the key thing for convincing regulators uh, that self-driving is okay is to show uh, billions of miles with a much better statistical significance and safety than, than human drivers. So if, if if the probability of injury is half that of the average human driver, then I think probably regulators will uh, support uh, self-driving. Um, it, but it has to be a very large 
population. Like mm-hmm. so, so the statistical population of miles has to be very big, like billions, and and essentially almost every possible case. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you assess different countries? This country versus China versus others. Who do you think is more ahead in that? At least helping these things come to fruition. Oh, I, I, we're assuming that. Yeah, we're assuming that, that, that nothing is done on the roadside, but and from a regulatory standpoint, um, I think it's just going to be who you know which, which regulatory uh, agency has the best appreciation of statistics. And who is that right now? Um, actually, China's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think the U.S. is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And any um, states or the federal the federal system? I, I hope this is a federal system because otherwise it's going to get weird and you cross state borders and then. You're in a different situation. Suddenly in Arkansas, you can't drive. Yeah, I mean, especially like in, say, East Coast, if like you're going from like, you know, New York, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, like you go through like several states pretty mm-hmm. quickly and then you wouldn't want to have things be different in each state. So have you been working with federal regulators, Elaine Chow? And- yeah, uh, not, you know, yeah, we were, we certainly have a close relationship uh, with, with NHTSA especially. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the, you know, the, the sort of har- hardcore... Sort of, uh, you know, the, the the entity that that really is the the hardcore regulator of, of uh, road transport is is NHTSA. Like, you know, the NHTSA sort of. Is where uh, you're gonna rely on it. Yeah, yeah, they're they're like the the regulator of, of cars, really. All right. Now, other um, competitors. I'd love you to sort of assess the 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 competitive landscape. Faraday just lost another founder today, um, which was the hot company, or. The allegedly hot company. I think that's probably easier to say it that way. <laughs> yeah. um, Lucid got a billion dollars from SoftBank. Um, Saudi Arabia, not top Saudi Arabia. <laughs> that's right. I'm sorry. Saudi Arabia. And we'll talk about that in a second. And there's lots of others, but there's all kinds of things. How do you assess Google's working on stuff? Uber still seems to be hanging in there. Or I don't know what you think about that. I'd love to get your assessment of all of them or some of them. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really think that much about competitors. I just <laughs> say like, you know, how do we make our cars as good as possible? How do we make sure we have the like the best engineering and manufacturing talent uh, in the world? Tesla doesn't do any advertising, or we don't do any paid endorsements. Uh, we don't sort of haggle for cars or anything like that. So we really rely on the quality of the product to mm-hmm. to sell. And I think it's it makes makes sense to sort of put our budget into advancing the technology and making the best possible right. cars. So you know that's. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. Like looking at competitors really helps. It's sort of like the, the old adage with uh, you know running. You don't want to. If you start looking at the other runners, it's not good. Right. You know, like but you can lose races because them? of that. Do you think about them at all? Like Ford or Mercedes or anyone, or if they're doing anything that's interesting or Google is. Which one of them do you think is the furthest ahead or closest to you all? I mean, self-driving maybe Google Waymo. I don't think anyone is. Close to Tesla in terms of achieving a general solution for working a, on overall solution. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can definitely make things work in like one particular city or something like that by special casing it. Um, but in order to work, you know, all around the world in all these different countries where there's like different road signs, different traffic behavior, there's like every weird corner case you can imagine. You really have to have a generalized solution. And to the best of my knowledge. No one has a good generalized solution, except uh, and 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 no one is. I think no one is likely to achieve a generalized solution to self-driving before Tesla. So I, I could, I could be surprised, companies. but and none of the car companies. Do you ever look and go, no. okay, that's interesting what they're doing there? For the other car companies, I I don't want to sound overconfident, but <laughs> I, I I would be very surprised if any of the car companies uh, exceeded Tesla in 
self-driving in, mm-hmm. in getting to full self-driving. You know, I think we'll get to full self-driving next year mm-hmm. as a generalized solution. I think that that's that's a like we're on track to do that next year. So I don't know every. I don't think anyone else is on track to do it next no year. No one even close. When you look at all the competitors, I would say, unless they're keeping it incredibly secret, which is unlikely, I don't think any of the card companies are likely to be a, a serious competitor. Will they ever be a serious competitor, from your perspective? In self-driving, I don't think so. They're just not good at software, and this right. is a software problem. Okay. All right. So talk about Tesla, oh, and then I want to get to SpaceX and other things. Um, it's a hardware problem too on the compute side, but they're also yeah. not doing anything on the compute side. Right. So right. so it's like <clears throat> it, it, you, you do need uh, an advanced sort of AI computer that's very good at doing matrix multiplication mm-hmm. um, with localized memory, uh, so that. So they're missing elements. All the, the gen, what you're saying is the generalized solution. You need a, a specialized inference engine. Like the Tesla Hardware 3 autopilot computer that um, will start rolling into production early next year is 10 times better than the next best system out there at the same price, volume, and you know uh, power consumption. Um, and it's really because it's got a dedicated neural net uh, chip, um, which basically, it sounds complicated, but it's really, it's like a matrix multiplier with with the local memory. So all I'm getting is you don't think any of the rivals will come close, any of the ones that are touting their solutions? I would say close to 0% probability. Okay. All right. That's that's not close. That's not close uh, at all. Yeah. Okay. But like, so, I, I, this is this is my honest... I, like, this is, all right. That's your This answer. is just my... Uh, right. What I think. I mean, I'm not... I don't think it's like... It's not like... I, I could be wrong, but, but this is what I think. All right. So the challenge you face is... Financial though that you getting getting funding and stuff like that. Uh, you had Saudis have bought a big bunch of your stock. That's just separate. They bought. They might have sold it. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know what they have yeah. now. But how? Where do you get the money? You, you talk about the finances of doing this because that's what could really hurt you is not having enough capital. No, I, I mean as I said earlier this year, like I think we will be cash flow positive for all quarters going forward. Mm-hmm. All quarters going forward. So yes. Do you need more investment? No. Not at all. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Do you need to go private? Are you still contemplating that? Uh, we don't need to go private. I think going private would. Um, I think we could we could execute better if we were private without all the attention. Yeah, it, th- there's you know not to hop on the short sellers because people think I have this obsession with them, but I spend like one percent less of time thinking about them. It's um, the tweets, Elon. But go ahead. <laughs> Probably less than one percent of my tweets have anything to you do with do short sellers. You do know when you tweet, it's louder than other people's tweets. But go go ahead. Yeah, but if, if like one in a hundred okay. is about right. short sellers, that's still one percent. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. I'm just... um, I think that's like probably even less than that. Okay. But the, but the issue is that that you, you, there's there's a, a group of people who are quite smart, very mean, um, and have a strong financial interest in Tesla's downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that results in is a constant attack on the Tesla brand. Um, on me personally, on the executive team, on our cars, uh, you know, every mistake we made is is amplified, and uh, this is not this is not good. So you know, the thought about going going private was really just saying, okay, if we're if we're private, if going going private would definitely re- result in, in some short term drama. But uh, if we can avoid the distraction of if we can avoid the brand damage of let's say we went private and then went public. Five years from now, mm-hmm. um, then the area under the curve of brand damage by uh, short sellers would be probably less than the short-term difficulty of going private in the first mm-hmm. place. 
Um, that was the, the the approximate calculus. And then also being being public, uh, particularly when uh, everyone at the company is a shareholder, causes uh, a lot of distraction when the sure. share price moves around a lot. Right. So it just it just roared upward this week or this. Yeah, week. yeah. It's, it's it's gone up, but it tends to end up being like a mood to some degree, a mood sure. a mood thermometer. Mm-hmm. So it's like the stock goes down, people are sad and feel undercompensated, and then when the stock goes up, people are exuberant, overly exuberant, um, and normal. Yeah, you get distracted thinking about what you're going to buy. Right, right. <laughs> so, like, neither of these things are great. So, and when you have big movements of the stock, um, th- th- this just causes a distraction. Do you believe you have enough investment? In, even if it's cash flow positive, you want to invest more, correct? Do you think you need more investment? No. No, that you can do it based on selling these cars? Yes. Okay. All right. So, last thing on this, on Tesla, these new products, the truck, the Roadster... Where are they? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm super excited about the future. Do you have another thing you're making? <laughs> we, we definitely do. Do you have a vertical lift and takeoff? The, the, the supersonic VTOL jet, electric right. jet. Yeah. Um, Perhaps a hovercraft like Larry Page? I don't know. No, hovercrafts are pretty straightforward. Yeah, um, okay, sure. But, but, um, For you. <laughs> a, a supersonic vertical takeoff landing electric jet would be interesting to do at some point, I mm-hmm. think. But uh, that that my head would definitely explode if I tried to do that right now. Yeah, I think um, so. But I've been thinking about that design for nine years. Mm-hmm. Do you have something special? To, yeah, yeah, it's such great. as it's great. It's in your head. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I wrote down some of it, but um, but the truck there, there was is like more a few immediate. Things. The yeah, yeah. roadster. Yeah, the, I, I think like what fires me up about Tesla is like I think we've got the most exciting product roadmap of of any company in the world. Okay. Um, you know, we've got the the Model Y, the the, the compact, uh, it was a mid-size, more mid-size, mid-size SUV. Mm-hmm. The Tesla Semi, which is going to be great for taking, you know, because the Semis are, are in constant use and, and use a right. tremendous amount of, of, of fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Tesla Semi, I think, can have a huge effect, positive When do those on, come online? Uh, that was a very dramatic opening of bringing it in, by the way. People are obsessed with your jackets, but it actually was the, the event that you did where you showed it off. Nice jacket. Yeah, nice jacket. <laughs> Who are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> are you surprised by that? It was a nice jacket. Um, it's uh, it's my favorite jacket, actually. Okay, right. I've had it for uh, uh, ages. Okay, but uh, suddenly it was the, the reason jacket. it looks like it's all war- it looks kind of like worn out. It's because it is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's All not right. like accidentally. It's, it's, it's like how to break it. Back to the truck. Anyway, yeah, exactly. It's just to, to, to recap the things that are coming out because I think it is, right. I think it's like, like literally the most exciting product lineup of, of any company in the world um, is, uh, is certainly from a consumer standpoint. I'll just go through go through the things that have been publicly announced. Um, you've got the Model Y, which is the mid size SUV. You've got the uh, semi truck, uh, which is uh, going to be great for the really heavy. Transport it'll, mm-hmm. it'll be like the, the heaviest class of truck of 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 uh, industrial truck. Got the next generation Roadster, which will be the the fastest sports car on on every dimension, fastest acceleration, mm-hmm. fastest uh, top speed, best handling. Um, it, it's the, the goal with the Tesla Roadster is to show that an electric car can be the best sports car on on every dimension. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important to kind of get rid of this like halo effect that gasoline cars, sports cars have, where the pickup or the the more. Well, like, 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 still, like, say that the the fastest top speed cars in the world are still gasoline sports cars. Mm-hmm. So I think we, it's important to have an electric car that is faster, electric, electric sports car that's faster than the fastest gasoline sports car, mm-hmm. and it, it helps address that sort of halo effect that um, gasoline sports cars have. 
Um, so I think it's important to to do that to show that you know electric is the best uh, architecture. Mm-hmm. Then we've got uh, the, the the pickup truck, which actually I'm personally most excited about. Why is that? Well, I can't talk about the details, but it's going to be like a really futuristic, like cyberpunk Blade Runner pickup truck. Okay, what does that mean? It's going to be awesome. Okay, it's going to be amazing. Who are you trying to sell that to? So it'll be a hot stuffing. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who stuffs my heart? It's like I find it's like oh, this is great. Who do you want to sell that to? People who buy F whatever. You know, I'm not. I, you know, I, I actually don't know if a lot of people will buy this pickup truck or not, but I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I do care eventually. You know, like sure, I care. You know, like we, we want to get you know get gasoline and diesel pickup trucks off the road. Right. Um. And, but if like if I find like you know, like I'm personally super excited by the by this pickup truck. Cause it's 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 something I've been wanting to make for a long time. And I've been iterating with sort of designs with with uh, with Franz, and like it's like no, you know, it's like I really want something that's like super futuristic cyberpunk. Which, if there's only a small number of people that that like that truck, I guess we'll make a more conventional truck in the future. But it's the thing that I am personally most most fired up about. It's going to have a lot of titanium. Titanium. Um, okay. What else? It's, it's like you'll you'll see it's racing like, stripes. What? No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. No, it's going to be like I. I think this is the kind of thing somebody would want to buy, even if they don't only buy a pickup truck. Right. So anyway, so I'm like, that's personally what I'm most excited about. But like I said, it could be just like, okay, I'm I weirdly like it, and other people don't. That's mm-hmm. that's certainly possible. Um, yeah, but we're gonna make it anyway, and then and maybe we'll just have a niche audience. I don't know. Yeah. If it does, then we'll I guess we'll make a more conventional pickup truck. Do you have a um, motorcycle? No. Uh, I rode uh, motorbikes a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I did like dirt biking, and mm-hmm. then. Um, Rode a motorcycle on the road, and then I almost got killed when I was seventeen. Yes, so, I remember. Yeah. yeah, so it's like I, I, you know, I'm not sure paralyzed, but depending on how you count it, the probability of death is in a motorcycle versus it's quite high. It's twenty five times. Yeah, my higher. brother is a doctor. He calls them donor mobiles. Actually. Yeah, they're like it's, it's yeah. organ donors. Yeah, 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 that's exactly why he calls it that. Yeah. So, uh, and the, the thing is, I when I, I rode dirt bikes for six years or, or more. And did all sorts of crazy, you know, uh, jumps and things in the, in the mm-hmm. dirt bike, but never got seriously injured. Um, and then but not going to make one, not making a Tesla motorcycle. Yeah, and then I almost got killed. Yeah, oh, bad I, memories. A, a, a truck, not you know. Last hit, thing, hit, what about I a plane? Hit by a truck. What about a plane? Yeah, right. <laughs> Literally got hit by a truck. Yeah. So we're not going to make motorcycles. Um, but but I, in terms of just a few more Tesla products that are that are cool. Okay. Um, we're almost done with development of the solar tile roof. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we have those on a few hundred roofs right now. Right. Um, and we're just doing testing to make sure they have long-term durability. These are tile roofs. These are tiles yeah, on the, the roofs. Yeah. Yeah, the solar tile roof where mm-hmm. it, it looks like a like a normal, beautiful right. tile roof, uh, but it's actually solar. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, like that development process is lo- longer than we'd like because we've got to make sure that the roof's going to stand up for 30 years. Sure. And even when you do accelerated life testing on a solar roof, it still takes a while. And we've got to put a lot of work into making the installation process easy, um, so it doesn't take ages to to install the roof, or rely on government subsidies. Yeah, um, long term there won't be any government right. subsidies. Like, you know, those those are just kind of like short term things. I agree. You would be surprised. No, I do have a solar roof and have had one for oh, cool. ten years. Great. I have one. Thank they, you. I think I'm real old ones. I think it's super old, and I it seems to be working. Yeah, I mean, you probably have like the retrofit solar, mm-hmm. like it's just that's on top of a normal yes. roof. 
Um, so we we have that. We have mm-hmm. kind of a retro. But this is tiles. This, this is, is tiles. this is integrated with the roof. Right. So the, the so the, the solar tile roof where it's it's integrated with the roof. You, you don't even realize it's solar. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course we we have the conventional retrofit uh, solar. So we're working on 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 uh, you know steadily improving the aesthetics of the retrofit solar. Uh, then we've got the uh, Powerwall battery storage system. Right. We've got the Power Pack, which is used for utilities on industrial scale. We're going to have some other exciting announcements on the uh, stationary storage front. Um, so when you, when you when this you, is within the homes. I can't talk more about it, but it's okay. there's, there's, presumably we have a large product on the on the stationary storage side. That's I think will be very compelling for utility customers. We're going to take another break now, and we'll be back after this with Elon Musk. So, any planes? Uh, we have no, pl- <laughs> no, no plans to make planes at right. Tesla. Well, let's get to rockets then, SpaceX. Sure. Last time we talked, you said you wanted to die on Mars, just not on landing, which was a very funny joke. Um, uh-huh. It's probably not a joke. It's probably— Well, it'd be ironic if that ha- happened. Well, you so, know. But not tape. I think we have to be careful about—I have to be careful about tempting fate because I think uh, often the most ironic outcome is the most probable. Yeah, it's kind of the way it should go, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> like if, this is how Elon like, Musk must die. Really? Yes. He must die on landing on Mars. It might happen. Right. Um, you know, the, the, like the— it, it just very often seems like reality tries to, like, well, actually, technically, there's, there's a there's a a friend of mine, uh, Jordan Nolan, who who had the had this uh, like modification of of Occam's razor, where mm-hmm. uh, he said like he thinks the the most ironic outcome is the most likely, mm-hmm. uh, but I I think that that that's that's some truth to that, um, and then also I think sometimes like the the most entertaining outcome is the most likely. Oh. Whether that whether that entertainment is in, in the nature of drama, comedy, well, or something else. What would be more entertaining else? than that? You tripping on the way to see the Martian, and just banging your head. No, I mean, I, hopefully, me dying on impact on Mars is not the most entertaining outcome. No, that's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ironic. Because then, what happens yeah. next? It's like, okay, we're a crater. Okay. Yeah, right, right. That's true. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, let's talk about what you're doing. Okay, instead of discussing your death, your impending <laughs> doom, let's discuss what's going on at SpaceX, which has had a more a smoother ride, so to speak, of what you're all doing with the rockets. You're going to do an astronaut. What are some of the things yes. you're doing? Yeah, so um, like this year has been great for SpaceX. Right. Um, we successfully launched the Falcon Heavy rocket, which is the mm-hmm. most powerful rocket in the world by a factor of two. So it's twice, you know, twice the thrust of the next biggest rocket. And uh, we uh, actually launched a Tesla, my Tesla Roadster to Mars orbit. Mm-hmm. And uh, although like a lot of people thought this was like some ego thing or whatever. but Oh, it but, feels stunty. Come on. You're launching a. It's, 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 I'm, it's trying to, You're trying I'm trying to, to listen to the reality simulation, which is do the most entertaining thing. Yes, exactly. It's okay. pretty entertaining. All right, it is. It sure uh, is. And, um, you know, uh, we had like a lot of, you know, like playing David Bowie, mm-hmm. you know, and we're like, uh, have like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy stuff in there. We've right. got the Asimov Foundation series, Etched mm-hmm. in Glass. Like, there's a lot of like little things. Anything really weird you stuck in there you didn't tell anybody about? Uh, no. Like a sandwich? I don't know. It might be. Right, okay. I, I don't know all the things that are on there, but uh, yes, probably some weird things in there. But, but, but like the, the reason we, we did that is actually because n- normally when a new rocket is launched, you just put a dummy payload, which is sure. like a block of concrete or something. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like I think when Boeing launched the Delta IV Heavy, they like they launched a block of concrete or something. Right, like, not super, creative in any way. Super boring. Right, super yeah. boring. So we were like, okay, what is the least boring thing we can launch? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So it's up there. Where? What are the prospects for SpaceX right now? You've got the rockets, the, the Falcon Heavy. You've got astronauts. 
Yes, absolutely. So, so we launched Falcon Heavy. We, we launched the Block Five or version sort sort of version five, technically version seven of of uh, Falcon Nine. This year, we uh, were, were able to re- refly a rocket three times, which mm-hmm. is great. We came close to catching the fairing with this weird duck. Like we actually got a boat that mm-hmm. and, and that's quite a big boat, and then built a put a giant net over this boat, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's like this boat that's a giant catcher's mitt. For like to catch, rockets. Yeah, to catch the nose cone when it's falling back from space. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah, that's and pretty fun. And you caught it? No, no, we, we missed, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> but we get close, we get close. All right, close. where is this boat? Uh, it's just, uh, I think it's moored in LA or something. All right, um, but it just floats around and catches nose cones. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. a boat with a giant net. Okay. Um, and, and it sort What's of... What's the net made out of? Uh, Metal? No, I think like uh, nylon or Kevlar. Okay. Yeah. So the so we, we're close catching the firing, and then next so, and then ne- next year the exciting things are uh, we're going to be launching uh, astronauts for the first time to the to the space station. Okay. So it will, it'll be it'll really be the, the, the first time the uh, a vehicle from the United States launches astronauts into orbit since the space shuttle, mm-hmm. which which has been some years, right? Was it 2010 or something? Yeah, it's like been some years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so since then, the United States has relied upon the Russian Soyuz, mm-hmm. which actually recently has had some issues, and and that, that so for the first time, around, around the middle of you're going to give them a ride. Yeah, for the first time since the space shuttle, uh, a, a U.S. vehicle will transport U.S. astronauts uh, to orbit. What do you think of the Space Force, the Trump Space Force? Well, this is this may be a little co- controversial, but I, I actually I like the idea. I think it's I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, like w- when the Air Force was formed, there was mm-hmm. a lot of like poo-pooing and like, oh, how silly to have an Air Force, you know, mm-hmm. the, because the, the the aircraft in in World War II were, were managed by the Army, right? And uh, so you had the Army and the Navy, and the Coast Guard, and and the Marines, and and then, but it became pretty obvious that you really needed a specialized uh, division to manage aircraft, and so the Air Force was created. But uh, and people today may not realize. Back then, it was widely panned as a ridiculous thing to create the Air Force. But now everyone's like, obviously, you should have an Air, mm-hmm. an air Force. And I think uh, it's going to become obvious that we should have a Space Force, too. Mm-hmm. Out there to do what? Well, um, I mean, I, I kind of think it's, uh, you know, it's basically defense in space. And then I think also it could be pretty helpful for maybe expanding civilization, you know, expanding things beyond Earth. You know, the space force could be something that um, yeah, I feel like. Like, I think we should just have a base on the moon, for example, a base on on Mars. Uh, it'd be, yeah, you know, great to expand on the idea of a space force. Like, you know, I think. I mean, for for explorers, anyone who has an exploratory spirit, and I think that, that you know, especially applies to the United States and country like the United States, where. You know, it's kind of desolation of the spirit of human exploration. I think the idea of being out there among the stars and, and on other planets is very exciting. Yeah. Do you think the Trump administration has a commitment to it, or is it just, let's have a space force? I don't know. I haven't had detailed conversations. Right. But I, I do think in, it, it will become obvious over time that a space force is a sensible thing to do. All right. And Mars, last time we talked, it was 2024, was it, that you talked about getting there? Yeah, we're still still aiming for 2024. Okay. And you going or someone going? I don't know if I will go or not. It may be just a an unmanned mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if there'll be people on on board or not. 
but there is a Mars rendezvous opportunity because uh, you'd only do a launch to Mars roughly every two years. Mm-hmm. So around the 2024 time frame, there's there's a rendezvous opportunity for Mars, um, which hopefully we can we can catch. There's one in 2022. So an unmanned flight to Mars to. I mean, hopefully there are people on board, um, right. but I think there's a pretty good chance of at least having an un, unmanned craft go to Mars. I think we will try to do this. Try to do this. And yes. for working with the U.S. government, working with... Well, I, I suspect by the time we make enough progress to want to try to do it, I suspect that the, the U.S. government will be interested in doing this too, uh, or, or being part of the, the, the effort. Um, but, but I think in the vehicle that we're designing right now, which is sort of codenamed BFR, well, I, I think I'm like thinking of changing the official name to Heart of Gold. Okay, as in Neil Young. <laughs> no, well, I do like that song, but uh, it's more like the uh, spaceship in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, right. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's powered by infinite improbability. Okay. <laughs> I should think it's the great. What this was is BFR? like a very great BFR? power source. What was BFR in? Just. Uh, BFR uh, is to some degree a Rorschach test on uh, acronyms. Okay. Um, but uh, officially, it is the Big Falcon rocket. Okay, the Big Falcon. What is what is the other thing you want to call it? Um, the other big thing. Big fucking rocket. What? It's a Rorschach test. Okay, big fucking rocket. That's what I <laughs> that would be mine. So, how do you assess your the again? First of all, one, do you think NASA should continue to exist, or all these space agencies by the government? And then, how do you look at competitors, say like what Jeff Bezos is doing? Um, yeah, I, I certainly think NASA should continue to exist. NASA does a lot of really useful things. And, uh, you know, these go beyond astronaut transport. There are missions to, you know, rovers on Mars that uh, there are thanks to NASA. Mm-hmm. There are uh, these planetary probes. Uh, there's the Hubble telescope. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, so NASA does a tremendous amount of good. So I, I de- definitely think uh, we should, you know, NASA should continue. And ideally, we should actually in- increase the budget of NASA. NASA. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's like it's high time that we went beyond Earth orbit again. I think that's it's very right. it's very exciting, it's very exciting, inspiring, and I think it really gets the whole world fired up. Mm-hmm. Um, it can, it can, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, when the first humans sort of stepped foot on the moon, it it was probably the most inspiring thing, maybe, maybe in history. Probably, yeah. I just saw the movie The First Man. Yeah, it's like. It would if if it's not the most inspiring. I think it's the most inspiring thing in history mm-hmm. for for Earth right. as a whole. Right. Like, we should try to mo- do more of that stuff mm-hmm. to Mars or wherever. Yeah. All right, we got to get through a couple of things. I know you have limited time, but how do you look at what Bezos is doing with uh, Blue Origin? Because I suppose that's the most comparable private thing going on. Yeah, um, I think it's great that Jeff is spending lots of money on space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are a competitor, but uh, it's it's good that 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 he's spending money on on uh, he's spending a lot of money on uh, developing rockets. Um, I, I think it'll encounter some challenges getting to orbit. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's remarkably difficult getting to orbit, mm-hmm. but he, he has the resources to overcome those difficulties. He does. He, he seems to be. He seems he's got some some he's spare some, cash. some spare change in the yeah. in the couch. I think you're not buying um, <laughs> newspaper, are you? No, I, I don't generally. Acquire things. Yeah, uh, just curious. I, I mean, I create companies, but I don't really acquire them. Right. So, I, I wouldn't. Um, I have no plans. It does seem to be like popular these it days. It is. It is. Benioff yeah, yeah. bought one. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. 
Wait, what is would it, you is buy something you, should, you think I should buy? I don't know. What do you want to buy? I mean, do you have any suggestions? I don't know. I kept. I try. I was trying. I was just interviewing the publisher, the New York Times, and I said, "What would you like a billion dollars from one of these people?" He didn't want it. I found that unusual. Think the things you could do with a billion dollars. Don't know. Um, Jeff has more of them than other people, but yeah, uh, it does have a lot. I mean, it, like speaking of the like the vagaries of stock price, though, it's like Amazon. Amazon shot way up, and then it went down, and right. you know, I, I think Amazon's a, a great company, and just. Like done some amazing, amazing things. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazon's obviously one of the greatest companies in the world, but it's, I imagine that the, they experience challenges. You know, when the stock price rises so much and then yeah. falls, and not it's, quite it, as much as you. It's usually over like a package delivery. It's not quite the same level of difficulty. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's like what dropped thirty percent or something. Yeah, it does. That's yes, quite it a does. lot. It goes up you know? and down, and he faces <laughs> issues with the government and everything else, and yeah. the tax and stuff like that. So let's finish up the last two things. Boring company. I was just with Eric Garcetti in Los Angeles. Oh, great. Yeah, Eric's been He's a, a big fan. Big, yeah, Eric's been a great supporter. Yeah, he has. Um, he says anything to cut traffic. He doesn't care. And he he, he just he, he told me he thought I was like, why do you think these people are interested in traffic so much? And he said because. No matter how rich you are, tra- everybody can get caught in traffic, and so they just want to do something about. It. Yeah, Eric's been really supportive of our activity um, in LA. I mean, technically, our first tunnels in, in technically in, Haw- in Hawthorne, but, right? Um, but we do expect to, over time, uh, create a network of tunnels under Greater LA, mm-hmm. um, and I think this is really the key to getting around the city very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you either you've got to go 3D, like essentially we we have a 3D. Like our offices are 3D mm-hmm. um, and and dense, and then we then have a 2D road transport network. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, and and everyone just go in and out of the building at the same time. Right. So naturally, you're gonna have. Traffic. So you're thinking all it's around, like, lots of roads within the tunnels. Yeah, yeah m- many levels of tunnels. Right. So like a subway system. Yeah, but even subways tend to be essentially two dimensional. Like mm-hmm. you'll have a subway cross another subway, but they've never really tried to make many layers of subways. Mm-hmm. The cost of tunneling historically has been uh, prohibitive, mm-hmm. um, and, and they've also been incredibly slow. So if, if it takes like, you know, like, I don't know how long, like, say, the, the New York subway had a one-mile extension or something, mm-hmm. and it cost... Well, San Francisco, they're still building it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I know that, they, like, uh, LA has a subway, although people don't, most people don't. It's good. I use it. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Um, you're the first person I've met that actually uses the I subway. Sure, um, I use all public transportation. Uh, th- well, they had a two-mile extension or two and a half miles extension on the subway. It cost two billion dollars. So, mm-hmm. like the typical cost for a subway, uh, you know, per mile cost for a subway in the U.S. has been about a, mi- a, a billion dollars a mile. Mm-hmm. So, that is not a very scalable so solution. Tunnels. Yeah. So you really have to. We have to massively improve the technology associated with digging with tunnel, digging tunnels. So and the that, tunnels themselves being three D tunnels versus two D tunnels, being many layers. Right. I mean, you could do you could certainly have a subway system which had many layers of tunnels, but the tunnels are so prohibitively expensive that they don't do it. Right. But you can go down, you know, a hundred levels if you want. You could have a hundred layers of of tunnels on, on top of each other. It's you can go further down, you can go up. Mm-hmm. So the, the deepest mines are much deeper than the tallest buildings. Right. Uh, but but really the key is a massive improvement in tunneling technology. That's that's the that's the linchpin. Like that's fundamentally what it what it amounts to. And uh, as I got sort of digging in to tunnels, <laughs> oh, good one. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> 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 is that how you mean? Oh, it's like yeah yeah no I've got a million of them. 
Um, you know, t- tunnels are, are really so underappreciated. They are. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> they have no no place to go but down. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. These are dad jokes. You know that. I am a dad. So I get that. But yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so I'm glad you're amused with yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I definitely am um, amused by myself. It's it's a terrible That's habit. That's obvious. Terrible, um, terrible habit. Um, so, so tunnels. So, yes, tunnels. <laughs> the, Elon, you're not even high and you're laughing at yourself. Come on. Let's do, no, tunnels. no, I, it's just terrible tunnels. habits. I, I, I laugh at my own jokes, okay. even with the terrible ones. All right, okay. Um, so what I discovered was that the um, th- there were massive improvements uh, mm-hmm. possible in tunneling technology. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I found, like I always look at things from a fundamentals, like a, a fundamentals of physics standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so if you like sort of apply physics first principles to... To, to any given technology endeavor, you can sort of envelope the what, the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I discovered in talking to the engineering heads of the various tunneling companies is that they actually did not know any. I had no idea what the true potential of tunneling was. Because the first question I'd ask is, well, is your tunneling machine uh, power limited or thermally limited? Mm-hmm. This is like a very obvious question mm-hmm. from a physics standpoint. Nobody know. None of them could answer that question. Right. Um, I was like, okay, this is not a good sign. So. And uh, the answer is like basically everything's uh, power limited within the framework of of like the how, how much you can transport heat away from the the, the face using um, uh, you know some sort of mm-hmm. uh, li- liquid cooling system. Right. But we're so far away from that; it's we're crazy far away from that. Of being able to do that. No, of of any being anywhere near the thermal limit. Right. Like like things like increasing power is relatively easy, and then you the, then you hit the threshold where you've, you've added so much power that you're melting the drill head. Exactly. So that then you have to uh, put a lot of effort into cooling the drill head mm-hmm. in order to not melt it, um, or go with like uh, advanced ceramics. Um, but then you still have to cool the bearings um, and, and the bearing housings. So. You know, so I'm, I'm used to a lot of the stuff from like rocket engine design. For example, right. the you know our, our tur- the turbo pump on the Merlin engine runs at uh, like thirty six thousand RPM. It's got ten thousand horsepower and weighs. That, so the, applying the, the rocket technology to what you're doing. With yeah, tunnel. essentially taking rocket technology and automotive technology and applying it to uh, drilling technology. Right. So the uh, problem is, it's too hot. It's too hot. No, it. I, I w- that that would it's. We need to massively crank up the power right. uh, to the drill head, right? Um, and then, but we're like, th- th- then we need to cool it. Mm-hmm. But, but we, we, the first step is simply jacking up the power like crazy, and then automating the placement of the tunnel reinforcements mm-hmm. so the tunnel. The tunnel so you re- have to continue to be going slowly and building it. Yeah, r- r- like right now, uh, tunnel machines uh, will drill for a bit, and then they'll stop, and they'll. People put in the very slowly put in the, the, the reinforcing segments, and and so like tunneling machines basically go at half speed. Right. Um, I think of that a lot about house construction, how slow it is. Why is house right. construction so slow? Well, you can make house construction crazy fast if you're doing a factory. Yes, or other ways. I'm just uh, just a totally different topic. But it's yeah, construction instead, in general yeah. is. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of potential for I disruption agree. and like. Uh, for entrepreneurs to enter construction in general, mm-hmm. um, there's a tremendous, tremendous amount of opportunity. Anyway, so, so cranking up the massively cranking up the power of the drill, mm-hmm. then um, making the drill battery powered, which is not something they'd ever considered. Right. Um, uh, but the nice thing, but, but if you don't make it battery powered, then you've got to have this massive cable behind it. Um, right. Yeah, and and then the the, the the cable, in order to have the cable be manageable at all, has to be like like an 11 kVA. P- uh, you know, eleven thousand volts mm-hmm. uh, um, 
cable, and even then it's thick. And uh, and then you've got to have step down transformers for the uh, the, the drill head because the drill head's going to operate at like 480 volts or thereabouts. It's not going to operate at 11,000. Um, so so then you've got these massive transformers, um, this crazy cable length. Um, the, slow. Yeah, it's it's very slow. And and then uh, <laughs> this is blew my mind. They're using like a diesel locomotive. Like the the, the the standard practice is to use a diesel locomotive mm-hmm. to transport the tunneling segments to to the drill head and to transport the dirt out, and to use and a one way. So it's like an old coal mine. Yeah, it's weird. It's like pretty weird. So yeah. th- then, if you've got a diesel locomotive in a tunnel, then you've got to put massive effort into right. into yeah. blowing clean air into the, right. into the tunnel and and getting because you've got the. How else would you get the dirt out? Oh, it, you, well, we just use an electric car. Right. 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 Yes, we took a Model Three chassis mm-hmm. and converted that into a train, Model Three powertrain chassis, and, and uh, so now we have a. So you don't need to worry about the rest of this stuff. Right? Yeah, so now it's not it's no not tracks, spewing no. it's not it's not consuming oxygen and spewing noxious fumes. Right. This was a big improvement. Right. So when are uh, these the, happening? When will one be useful? The 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 the, the Hawthorne oh, one. Yeah, it's we're, a we're, test tunnel. It's yeah, a we're, test tunnel. Yeah, we're about to finish the first uh, test tunnel. At what cost? Um, I don't know. I think it's probably excluding the the the, the equipment. Probably cost us like ten million dollars right. for, to for a mile in. to put this in. Um, so I'm going to finish it's, up. That's one way. So so when do, when will people be able to use it? Actually, use it. Is it we're planning on happening ha- having an opening party on December 10th. On in December 10th. In six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. And what's yeah, going to go come? through there? Sure. Yeah, I'll come. So it'd be a very one-dimensional party. For my birthday, that would be great. That'd be great or something. So one-dimensional party, very funny, very funny. Um, so I'm going to finish up. One thing I didn't ask, all this is going is money, the, the amount of investment you put in here. When you had been looking to go private with Tesla, I just have a few more questions. When you've been looking to go private with Tesla, you had talked to the Saudis. How do you feel about them now? I ask every internet executive this now, given the amount of money they have in the system. Yeah, well, I mean, it's important to appreciate that the uh, the Saudis have been approaching me for two years about right. going private. It wasn't right. like, but I'm talking about the in moment. the wake of of Khashoggi's murder. Yeah, I mean, I, that doesn't that sounds pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, that that is not good. Right. That is bad. That is bad. That's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that, do you think about that? Because there's been this sort of tech lash against Facebook. That's not your area, mm-hmm. Facebook and social media. But there's been a real backlash against where the money's coming from, the damage on society. You're not the only person in tech, but it all washes over tech. How do you look at that? So you're asking so about I ask them, let me ask the Saudis? About the Saudis. Yeah, let me ask about the okay. Saudis first. How do you, would you take their money now? I think we, we probably would not. Okay. Yes. And what about uh, their influence in Silicon Valley, given the billions that are, are being poured in here? I, I know I can't speak to to that. I mean, it's 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 not. Um, you know, I think um, you know, Saudi Arabia is an entire country, mm-hmm. um, so I think you don't want to like if if there's like one really bad thing that occurred now, damn the whole country. That's it's not it's not great. It's the ruler. Sure. It's the ruler. It's the they guy who runs everything. They didn't elect him, you know. No, they didn't. That's right. No, I get yeah. that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not impugning all Saudis, but it's, it's the, think, it is yeah. the government. I, I think we we, we should, uh, you know, just consider that that there is a whole country, mm-hmm. um, and there's uh, you know, 
there are a lot of good people in Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. um, and outside and, and Saudis who are out of, outside of Saudi Arabia. Right. So I, I think you cannot paint like an entire nope. country with nope. one brush. I'm just you talking know. about the people who have the money. I think there are serious issues. Serious issues. Yeah. So it's, and, and what okay. about the tech lash itself? Again, I, that's the word they use, the tech lash. I mean, you had been a critic of, a, of, of how the responsibility around AI, around diversity of AI, about the power that's held by Facebook and Google and others mm-hmm. in previous interviews we've done. How do you look at that now? You, you, you've been one of the few that have raised issues about worrying about the, the ethics of it and everything else. Yeah, I, I, I think there's probably, it probably makes sense if, if something is responsible for a public good mm-hmm. and you know could potentially negatively affect elections or something like that, that there probably should be some regulatory oversight to, to ensure that we're not negatively affecting the democratic process, that the, the quality of news is good. Um, and and not unduly influenced. These seem like sensible things. Are you still worried about the power that Google? At the time we talked a couple of years ago, you were worried about the power that Google and Facebook were assembling in AI, and you were worried about AI itself. And I think one of the things you said that really struck me was that it wasn't going to kill us; it would treat us like house cats, like that they looked. I thought that was a really striking way to think about it. Yeah, in, in the long term, if it, you know, as as AI gets probably much smarter than humans. The relative intelligence ratio is probably similar to that between a person and a cat, mm-hmm. um, maybe bigger. I, I do think we need to be very careful about the advancement of AI, um, and, and you're still worried about it in that way. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, my recommendation for the longest time has been consistent that I think we ought to have, you know, a, a government committee that uh, has, starts off with insight, gaining insight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, spends a year. Or, or or two gaining gaining insight about AI or you know other technologies that are maybe dangerous, uh, but especially AI. Um, and then, based on that insight, comes up with with uh, rules uh, in consultation with industry uh, that in that give the highest probability for a safe advent of AI. Do you think that you see that happening? I do not. You do not. And do you think continue to think that Google? <laughs> not, and, to the best of my knowledge, this is not. Yeah. Occurring. No. Do you think that Google and Facebook continue to have too much power in this? That's why you started OpenAI and other things. Yeah, OpenAI was about the de- democratization of mm-hmm. AI power. Right. So that's why OpenAI was created as a as a nonprofit foundation to ensure that uh, AI power, or to to reduce the probability that AI power would be monopolized, which it's being. There is a, a very strong concentration of of AI power. Um, and uh, especially at, at, at Google, uh, Google slash DeepMind, um, and uh, in a very high regard for Larry Page and Demis Hassabis. Um but uh, but I, I I do think that uh, there's value to some uh, independent oversight. In the thing. All right. Last, very last question. I'm not going to go into simulation because that's the last time you blew everybody's mind when we talked. Are we still <laughs> in the simulation? No. Yes. This would be quite a thing. Right, you know, I'm, I'm not. Like, I think sometimes, like when I mention the simulation, people uh, in, like infer that uh, well, therefore we shouldn't take what appears to be reality seriously. And I do mm-hmm. think we should take what appears to be reality seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But you did say there was a chance that we are still in a you, long, last time. I we said talked. what what appears to be reality. It appear, you're right. You said it. You're right. Okay. In this reality, when you look at it, how are you feeling about the future? When what appears to be reality. You know, for some reason, I feel optimistic. Okay. But I'm not sure if that is uh, irrational or not. 
But that is my my Why are you current gut feel is weirdly optimistic. Because given this polarization, this does this polarization affect you? You pulled you pulled yourself off the Trump councils. I know you yes. and I talked about whether you, I said you shouldn't go because he was going to screw you. Remember? We had well, a whole, uh, you're right. I am right. <laughs> Thank you, Elon. I I know that. But you feel you feel in the midst of this polarization, these bombings, these that you know the president continually being divisive. You feel optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, but by the way, I still think it was it was worth trying. Right, on the, I on get the, that. On the, you know, to be, to be on the Trump councils and especially just to, to be an advocate for climate, uh, yes. I did my absolute best. I know you did. And it's sort of. I think I called you. You're not. I think I said you're not Jesus. It's not going to work. I, I I definitely do not think I'm Jesus. No, I know you don't. I think uh, I'm just but, trying to egg you into getting off and, the and councils. I, you know, arguably it was, it was it was unlikely, but it was worth a shot. Right. Yeah. Would you do it again? Do you mean now yeah. or I, I don't know? Are there councils? I, no, there uh, aren't. Okay. <laughs> do you continue to engage I, I, on climate I and the things that are important to you? I know uh, yes. gay rights and transgender rights were also. Yes. I, actually, t- yeah, I'm not sure if you know this, but uh, in terms of uh, LGBTQIA, <laughs> this is like Whatever. very quite don't, complicated. Don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but uh, you'll miss a letter. Yeah, totally. There's a new letter. Do I have all the letters? No, there's um, a new one. Oh no. Okay. Um, well, it, um, but but you know, there's an independent organization that evaluates uh, companies um, in terms of their let's let's at least for now say just LGBTQ, mm-hmm. LGBTQ um, mm-hmm. uh, friendliness, uh, and we've gotten a hundred out of a hundred uh, yeah. every year for like four or five years running. Yes, so, you've been very supportive. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. But, but optimistic. You're optimistic given all this polarization. Are you not worried about it? Are you, are you thinking about the midterm elections? Are you? I, I am thinking about the midterm elections, and uh, I did vote, mm-hmm. by the way. <laughs> Me um, too, today. And uh, although I, I do wonder what effect a, a vote in California has. Uh, right, fair you know, point. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's so much gerrymandering of electoral districts that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it seems like, I voted for, for the sake of voting, but um, but the, things are very divisive right now politically. You know, I, I'm, but I, you know, it's it's probably not wise for me to wade into political debates. Right. So okay. like, so but no, how do you it's, feel it's a no as, a, as a citizen? How do you feel? Um, I, you know, I sort of, I definitely wish people wouldn't would wouldn't yell at each other quite so much. I wish there was less hate. Mm-hmm. Any solutions? I guess you can't come up with a gadget for that, can you? No, I mean, I, I, I think the, you know, I, I feel we're, we're we're doing a lot of good here at at Tesla on the climate stuff, um, and and also making products people love. You know, it's like there's, you know, it's one thing to make make you know electric car, but can we also make a product that people love? Like mm-hmm. that really right. makes well, that's the point makes them happy. You know, it's like right. not many products you can buy that that no. really make you make you happier. Um, right. And and uh, so. You know, Apple did that for a long time. I still think, obviously, Apple makes great Airbuds phones. make and... me very happy. <laughs> I don't know why. The ones without the cable? It's not the cable. I love them. Wait, I look with, terrible. With, with, I look terrible. I love them. The you ear, know, the, the earbuds. Yeah, the one without the cable. Yeah. Yeah. I still like Apple products. They still make me no, happy. No, I, I still use an iPhone and everything. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, uh, Apple used to really, really bring out products that would blow people's minds, you right. know, and, and uh, it's still like great products, but it's, it's, there's, there's less of That's that. That's your goal. There's less, less of that. Like, I don't think people are necessarily running to the store for the iPhone 11. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I think with, with Tesla, we really want to make p- products that people just love. Right. Uh, that are hot-stopping. Okay, my last question. If you had to redo anything this year, Elon, what would it be? 
besides your, you apparently you did sumo wrestling. Obviously, that's that was one five of, years ago. Okay, all right. What my back still hurts. Your back still hurts. What would you redo? And not you can't. Pick I would sumo definitely wrestling. not do that again. All right. Okay. Five minutes of sumo wrestling has caused me five years of back pain. All right. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's fair to say I would probably not have tweeted some of the things I tweeted. That was mm-hmm. probably unwise, mm-hmm. and uh, probably not gotten into some of the online fights that I got into. All right. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't have like. You know, attack journalists. Yeah, probably shouldn't have done that. I I don't know why you do it. <laughs> Which, yes. Yeah. You want to say you're sorry? No. <laughs> you can if you want. I'm sorry to some journalists. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay, I'll give you that. Elon, podcast secured. Thank you, Kara. Thank it's you great so to see you. much. I appreciate it. You kept your promise. Elon and I have been emailing about this, and he, you do keep your promise compared to a lot of other people, and I appreciate it. Um, it's always. been a really fascinating discussion, and uh, I will think about buying an electric car. Probably not. I'm not going to try. I mean, make a scooter. Make a scooter, and I'll go for it. Actually, they are electric. What am I talking about? They're electric. I don't know. Like, you know, there was like uh, some people in the studio wanted to make a scooter, but I was like, ah, it's, I love the scooter. Uh, no, no, get on like the scooter. It's like lax dignity. No, it's it doesn't like lax dignity. Yes, they do. They don't lax dignity. What are you talking about? Those things, I, yes, I do it all the time. I look fantastic. No, you do not. I, I, you are under laboring under an illusion. Well, I think I look good. <laughs> You're and therefore, this is an illusion. It lacks dignity. All right. <laughs> well, let's everybody at Lime. Don't worry, Elon Musk's not coming. Electric for you. bike. I think we might do an electric bike. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. All right. Elon Musk, thank you very much. Yeah, it was I a pleasure. Thank it. you. It was good to see you. Elon, it was great talking to you as always. Thanks for coming on the show. If this is your first episode of Recode Decode, welcome. You can also find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please tell a friend about the show. Now that you're done with this, go check out our other podcasts, Recode Media and Pivot. You can find those shows wherever you found this one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Monday. Tune in then.